Hey, thank you for listening to the City Life Church podcast. We are leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. We are a church in San Francisco, and we are praying that this word will encourage you, challenge you, and help you grow in your faith journey. We are uh, starting a brand new series today, and it's called Made for This, and uh, I'm kicking it off today. And uh, later this month, we'll have uh, pastors Danny and Jamie Schultz from Sun City Church coming down to help us preach and elaborate and expound on this a little bit more. But I'm, I'm passionate about this message because every season, God speaks different things. And I feel like the Lord is coming to, to just drive a few things into our hearts. So because I need to preach quick, can I ask you to listen quick as well? Are you with me so far? So let me just kind of kick in. Let me pray real quick because I need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost to help me just a little bit today. But... Spirit of God, we love you. We thank you for this moment. Thank you, God, that you're speaking to our hearts. You're already moving upon our lives. You're already doing this beautiful work of redemption and healing. Father, we celebrate and we thank you in advance for great testimonies that will come forth of your power and how you've intervened. You disrupted the course of things, Lord, and you've, you've saved us and you healed us. So even in this moment, God, I ask that you would help me to preach and to articulate and communicate those things that you've placed in my spirit for this moment. Give us ears to hear, God. Give us faith to believe. Give us courage to act upon your word, I pray. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Someone say, made for this. Made we're going to be talking about the, the, the reason why God created us. And we were made for specific things. Next week, I'm going to be showing you some pictures of things that were not made for their specific functions. Well, they're not, they, they're not exercising those functions that they we're designed for. You'll see next week. But today, Acts chapter 2 is our primary um, verse. Acts chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to read a few verses here. And uh, this, is, this is a beautiful passage because I can relate to this knucklehead. This is kind of like uh, the top, if you will, the, 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 the apex of the Apostle Peter's life. He gets to this point right here and he's like, wow. Someone say started from the bottom. Now he's here. You know what I'm saying? Because he He's had a tough journey, but all of a sudden he's having a phenomenal moment because this is what it says. Acts chapter 2, Jesus had already died. He had been raised from the dead. He had ascended into heaven to be with the Father. And now this thing called the church had begun. And all of a sudden it's like Jesus isn't there in person, but the disciples, those that had been mentored and discipled by Jesus, they're now leading this movement called the church. And you find here uh, the apostle Peter all of a sudden he gets up and it says this, Acts chapter 2, 14, it says, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Let me pause just for a second here. Think about that. Let me bring some context as well. So the Holy Spirit had just descended upon these people, much like a group like this. They were in the upper room, much like this auditorium right here. And they were praying and crying out to God. And they had no idea what was coming their way. The Holy Spirit descended upon those prayer warriors. And all of a sudden, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all started speaking in other tongues. And people that had gathered from all over the world for this special holiday, they're in the marketplace and they start hearing these people like going nuts. And they're like, man, these people are tripping up there. What is going on? Some people literally thought that they were drunk. They weren't drunk though. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
Some people that had traveled from many, you know, far nations, they came and they began to hear people speaking their language like, oh my gosh, I heard someone speaking my dialect, my language. What is going on here? And Peter has to get up and he has to address the crowd. And there are thousands of people in this, well, it would likely be the equivalent to our Union Square here in San Francisco, downtown. And all of a sudden, thousands of people are there. And he's like, listen up. They're not, they're not drunk. Verse 21, it says, but everyone, listen, he starts explaining what had just happened. And in verse 21 says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What's he talking about? Bro, he's going, he's going for the throw because he says, the very Jesus that you all killed, the very one that you rejected, the very one that you were throwing shade on and literally you murdered him, he is the reason why these people are doing this. Why? And he begins, began to explain and expound on what salvation meant. He begins to tell the story of the Old Testament, the people of God. And I'm just giving you a couple little highlights here. We go to verse 40. It says, then Peter, he continued preaching for a long time. I'm not looking at Pastor Keys, but Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners. He says, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said, they were baptized and added to the church that day. And it says about 3,000 in all. That is amazing right there. Now, we understand that he was anointed by God all of a sudden. He's filled with boldness and courage and he gets up and he starts preaching and the people actually listen, and it pierced their hearts. At one point, there's this exchange, and they say, so what do we got to do to get saved then? He says, believe and be baptized. My, he was, it was not a, a seeker-friendly kind of a sermon. He wasn't trying to play nice. He was just cu cutting it straight. This is what it's all, all about. And he began to just talk about the heart of God for people, how people need salvation. And they believed, and 3,000 were added right there. Peter would become one of the greatest leaders of the, uh, of the early church. Again, Jesus had 12 disciples. Can I just throw a little, little FYI? Sometimes we leaders, we put some, some kind of pressure on ourselves. Can I remind you that even Jesus, who is perfect, he had a Judas. <laughs> and he recruited this knucklehead. And even Judas walked away from discipleship. Even Judas walked away from a thriving relationship. So when some of our folks kind of drift and they get a little discouraged, a little distracted... Take hope. Even Jesus experienced some of that. So all the leaders in the house said, amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. He was one of Jesus' first disciples. He actually was recruited. He was one of the very first disciples that Jesus recruited. And Jesus' ministry was about three years. So he had the privilege of walking with Jesus for about three years and being mentored. And Jesus modeled what it was to be one who cared for people, one who loved people. He says, you want to be great? Then you got to become a servant of all. And Peter's like, dude, don't just wash my feet then. Just go ahead and wash the whole body. And like all these different analogies, these different stories of him walking with Jesus. Peter would have some great moments. He had some phenomenal moments. Like the, the 12 disciples are in this boat. And all of a sudden there's a ghost walking on the water. And they all start freaking out. Wah! And then all of a sudden he has this moment of boldness and courage and faith. And he says, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And Jesus says, come then. So he steps out of the water and he, or steps out of the boat and starts walking on the water. He was the only disciple with that kind of faith. And he too began to experience the supernatural. The Bible will go on to say that he got distracted. He looked at the waves and the wind and he started freaking out. He lost his focus and boom, began to sink. But immediately Jesus picked him back up. This is Peter. 
Peter has some other amazing moments. You know, the, the boys were hanging out with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, uh, so what's the word on the streets, you guys? Like, what are people tweeting these days? Like, who do people say that I am? What's the word on the streets right now? And they're saying, well, some people say you're this prophet. Some people say you're this prophet. But then he said, but who do you all say that I am? And Peter, again, out of the 12, says, you are the Mashika. That's the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And all of a sudden, she's like, dang, Peter. Woo, my goodness. So we know you're a cool cat and all that, but that didn't just come from you. He says, you were anointed by the father. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. You got it right. He had the courage to declare these things. So there's different moments through the gospels that we see Peter had some incredible ups. But then this dude, and I can relate to him because the same dude that has some great moments also has some really dark and down moments. Because in that same conversation where he says, you are the Mashika, the Messiah. Moments later, he got all boasty and confident and overconfident. And all of a sudden he starts kind of rebuking Jesus. When Jesus says, hey, I'm going to have to, what he was saying, I'm going to have to die for y'all. Like, you'll never die. I'm going to be your wingman. Nobody's going to touch you. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. He rebukes Peter because of that thought that didn't come from the heart of God. Or in that case, even the heart of Peter is the enemy that was inspiring him to say something that was contradictory to the will of God. So he has this dark moment right here. I, I think of Jesus right, right at the, like, man, he's getting ready to be crucified. And he asks some of his close disciples, three of them, let's go pray together. <laughs> let's go fast and seek the Lord. And they're, they're interceding. And all of a sudden, Jesus takes a moment to go pray alone. And he comes back and the three boys are sleeping. Peter, bro, you said that you would never leave me. When I needed you the most, brah, I needed you to pray with me. And you're catching some Z's right now. That's a dark moment. That's a dark. He could have had Thomas come, you know what I'm saying? But no, he invited Peter to let him down. And then, then that was a bad night because later on the guards come to arrest Jesus. And then Peter like, it's all right, I'll make up for that one. Whoo, slashes this dude's ear off. And Jesus like, Peter, bro, like, haven't you been hearing everything I've been teaching? And like, he was a fisherman because he sucked with the sword. You know, missed the dude's throat, went for the ear. And Jesus had to pick up the ear and heal the dude's face, head, whatever. Dark moment. But even more than that, Peter had said to Jesus, like, listen, man, I'm going to be your best friend. I got you. Jesus, wherever you go, I got you. He says, I appreciate the love and all, but you're actually going to betray me three times. Before you hear, that's the rooster right there, y'all. You're going to betray me. So the night before Jesus was crucified, sure enough, as he's taken in to, to, to um, Pilate and different things and he's being judged, all of a sudden Peter is kind of keeping a distance but watching. And three different times he rejects Jesus. He betrays Jesus. These were some dark moments. These are some down moments. He was a man of faith. But how many of you know you can have faith but still go through some dark moments? You can have faith and you can have knowledge and understanding but still have some weak hours. Let me preach to somebody here. Because oftentimes the enemy tries to convince you that because of your poor track record recently, somehow, some way, you've disqualified yourself from the call of God on your life. Listen to me. Peter right here. I just, I just talked about how he got up in front of thousands of people, preached boldly, and 3,000 people got saved and were added to the church. This was only a few days, not months. 
This was less than two months from the moment where he had betrayed Jesus three times. This was just weeks. And all of a sudden he goes from the bottom to all of a sudden he says, I don't even care no more. And all of a sudden he gets up and he boldly begins to preach. How, how, did, this, how did all of this happen? How is this possible? God looks at us and he realizes that we are imperfect. We are flawed vessels, but his grace is sufficient for us. It's about the grace of God. It's not about our performance, but it's about our acceptance of him, our surrender to him. So I want to talk today in today's message. I'm going to keep it a little simpler, a little shorter today for the sake of time. But I want you to hear these couple basic thoughts. There's a couple key passages that really like resonate with my spirit when it comes to to Peter. And I think we can all relate to Peter because we've had some good moments, some good days. And then we've all had some of those moments where we're like, dang, I wish I could go back in time. Like Michael J. Fox, I wish there was a time machine that I could slip in and go back and undo a few things. Anybody relate to me? Right? Peter was up and down, but eventually he began to level out and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and gave him courage. How did this happen? Someone say, relationship. Listen to this. Tell the person next to you, say, you were made for relationship. You're not just a case study, just another stat, just another person floating and just doing your own thing. God created you in his image and as sons and daughters, you were created to have a relationship first with him. We are relational beings because we are moral beings. We were created with a conscience and God could have created and he created everything, obviously, and he saved the best for last, the best for last. He created man and woman in his image as a father. He, he wanted to have a relationship with sons and daughters. And this whole thing is about relationship. Peter, we're going to go all the way back to John chapter one. This is the, the invitation. This is where Jesus recruited him. This is where Jesus was introduced to Peter. The gospels kind of tell the story of the disciples in kind of different ways. It's kind of like stereo surround sound. When you read from Mark and Matthew, it's a little different than how you read it from the gospel of John. In one gospel, it says that he says, hey, fellas, fishermen, drop your nets and follow me. Follow me and I will show you how to become fishers of men. That was, that was their introduction to Jesus from that other gospel. But in the gospel of John, let me read it to you because this is how they're their journey began together. Someone say relationship. John chapter one, verse 35, it says the following day, John the Baptist, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and he declared, look, there is the lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus and Jesus looked around and he saw them following. What do you want? I mean, imagine that you're walking down sixth street and two fellas start following you like, yo, <laughs> what's going on? What do y'all want? He says, what do you want? And he asked them, and they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon, and he told them, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Watch this. Looking intently at Simon, and in my Bible, I've got that highlighted and circled. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, 
Your name is Simon, son of John, another version, son of Jonah. But you will be called Cephas, which means Peter the Rock. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so the dude has come with the brother. Andrew is bringing his brother. And before he even says, hey, teacher, I, I, I want you to meet my brother. He's also a fisherman. Before he could even say a word, it says that Jesus was looking at him intently. He was looking with these prophetic eyes. And it's like he knew him even before he was introduced to him. He was looking intently. Can I tell you that Jesus continues to look intently at us? He knows what you're going through right now. It doesn't catch him off guard. He knows what you're going through. He understands. And before he could even hear Andrew say anything, he says, hey, this is who people call you to be, which by the way, the name Simon means inconsistent. It means a loose reed, like in the context of like, like imagine a lake and you've got like some brush and a reed, the wind will blow. Whichever direction the wind is blowing, that reed would just bow to that direction. Meaning that, that person, their character, their nature was just like, dude, you are a pushover. You vacillate. You change your mind. You go with the flow. You don't have a backbone. And he says, this is who people call you. That's what your daddy and your mommy called you. That's what they've labeled you. Come on, somebody. But I call you something different. I call you Peter, which means a rock. And though you haven't been acting like a rock right now or a stone, that's who I'm going to make you. So all of a sudden, there's a declaration. Before the excuses came, there was already a prophetic declaration. This is who you were, but this is who you are. That was the beginning. Nice to meet you, sir. That was the beginning of their friendship, of their partnership. That was the beginning of this journey where Jesus would personally disciple Peter. When it comes to your journey and my journey, listen, God doesn't need our favors. God, it seems like you're struggling, man. Like a lot of people are like really down. Let me help a brother out. God, just, just sign me up for dream team. I'll do my part. Nah. You didn't, you didn't select God. God chose you. God chose you. Come on, somebody. God chose us. Dang, man, that was a quick sermon, bro. My keyboard guy's already on the platform. Wow. Okay. I'm almost done with my introduction. I got to be quick now. <laughs> it's all good. We talked about this. So listen to this. Jesus, this is the beginning. I just talked about how Peter, he had this moment of like, man, preaching the gospel and then the beginning, though, was like he comes from these humble beginnings where even the, his name represented inconsistency. How could Jesus work with that? How could Jesus work with somebody who by nature is a flake? Who by nature, you can't count on them. And Jesus says, you know what? I can work with anything. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what kind of labels have been placed on you doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you've made, what people say about you. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right here. So I'm just looking for willing vessels that will open their hearts. And because of relationship, they will trust me. And then I will do a work in their lives that they can't take credit for because people know them. Come on, somebody. And then he does this transformative work. So what happened was at this exchange right here, his name changed, but his nature began to change. 
some of us, we put all kinds of pressure on ourselves where we like, we got to measure up to certain standards. Take it a day at a time, sis, bro. We strive to become more and more like Jesus, less of us and more like him. But it is a progressive work. Day by day, season by season. Yes, we'll have some great moments. And unfortunately, at times, we'll trip up sometimes as well. The Bible says the righteous fall many times, but they get back up. We get back up. It's not a matter of tripping from time to time, but it's will you choose to get back up? Because maybe you're here and maybe someone did you wrong and you find yourself flat on your face and you're hurting and you're like, man, I've been victimized here. Legit, you have been. But what are you going to do about that? Are you going to stay there? Or are you going to say, God, by your grace, help me back up. And then you get back up. And he comes and he lifts us. We can tell the story all day long, all week long, about how our mama dropped us on our head. Man, how the Niners haven't won a Super Bowl since 1994. Oh, my God. We, I mean, we can talk about all kinds of stuff. But are you going to get up or not? In this particular case, what I love is that his nature, again, his name, names represented a person's nature and character. And do we have any Jacobs in the house today or watching online? Jake or Jacob? I love picking on Jake's or Jacob's. Great name. I love it. It's a biblical name. God changed Jacob's name in the Old Testament to Israel, right? Why? Because Jacob meant supplanter or a cheater. Brother was always cutting corners and cheating. That, that was his nature. He couldn't help but always cheat. Right? So God changed his name. Names were indicative of a person's nature and character. So in this case, Jesus would change his name and then his character and nature would be gradually transformed to the point where then he, later in Acts chapter 3, they could say, man, Peter and John, they come and they heal this guy and the, and the leaders, they're like, who the heck are these people? They're simple people. They, they talk like they're simple folks, but they they talk just like that Jesus do that we killed. Exactly. Exactly. They had hung out with Jesus and whatever was on him got on them. See, this, this journey of discipleship, this journey of growing in faith is Jesus working day by day, season by season in our lives. The goal is this. It's not a matter of perfection. It's a matter of obedience. It's not about hitting it perfect every single day, but it's about surrendering. God, when I do trip up, thank you for your grace. Now give me courage to stand back up. And I want to become more and more like you, Jesus. From our pain, there is gain. From our pain, there is growth. From our pain, there is inspiration. And we can learn for ourselves, and then we can learn how to encourage others that go through difficult seasons like we have. How did Peter's life change so dramatically? Relationship. Someone said, made for relationship. We were made for a relationship with him. Jesus was personally invested in Peter's life. That's why he began to go through the, listen, Jesus himself recruited Judas, the one that would betray him. And the Bible says that he already knew that he was going to do that. And yet he still gave him a chance. He knew that Thomas would be a doubter. He knew it. Skeptics and cynics, everyone's welcome at the table. He knew that different ones had different propensities, and yet he gave them all an equal opportunity to have a relationship with him. One of them, though, chose money over the relationship. Peter, man, he had a dark, dark moment, but Jesus still personally went after him, rescued him. 
Listen, Jesus didn't die for a cause. He died for people. It wasn't about some just random cause. He personally cares about each and every one of us. He cares about you. Whatever it is that you're going through, he personally cares about you. He's crazy in love with you. He wants that relationship between you and he to be strengthened. Different times in the Gospels, it says that Jesus would see the crowds, the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. And even though there were thousands of people that needed a touch from Jesus, again, time and time again, you would see him. He would see one person. He's like, excuse me. And he'd go and find one person and he would touch that person and heal them personally. He cares about the crowds, but he also cares about the individual. Can I just tell you this? Jesus doesn't just come after those who are all perfect and put together. He comes after us, those of us who are messed up. Anybody messed up? Like, have you ever worn your Adidas and your Jordans together? That's messed up right there. That's messed up. Jesus comes after us, messed up people. And he invites us into this relationship with him. Christianity without Christ. Come on, somebody. Christianity without Christ is just a religion. Being a disciple of Jesus without discipleship is just religious routine. To be a disciple of Jesus means that he's discipling us every day and every season of our journey. And the only way that discipleship works, see, you can be a follower all day long and twice on Sunday. But to be a disciple means that you set aside your own desires and you say, God, it's not about me, but it's about you. You pick up your own cross and you follow him. And as you choose to pursue him and you pursue his ways, he then begins to do this redemptive work in our lives. Begins, begins to change our nature and our character. And instead of being a flake that is inconsistent in time, gradually, we become strong. We become sturdy. We become consistent. Why? Because Jesus is consistent. Three final thoughts as we wrap up. Remember this, Jesus sees you. Because <laughs> we can get lost in the crowds. You don't know what I've gone through. Hmm. You don't understand how much I've screwed up. How could he love me like that? How could he see me like that? I don't deserve his grace. I've got my record and I'm not proud of it. God, do you see me? Do you care about me, God? wish you would see me remember God sees you he sees your pain he knows your name he knows your story he knows where you've come from and he knows where he wants to take you to you don't have to stay at this place he can take you into a new place a better place. Why? Because he sees you.
Second thought, Jesus, he calls you by name. You're not a number. He knows you by name. That's real right there. He knows you by name. Don't care if you grew up in the foster system. Your mommy or daddy left you alone. He calls you by name. He says, you belong to him. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Come here, so-and-so. Hang with me for just a little moment. I better stop singing. You know, all Holy Ghost up in here. Remember, Jesus sees you. He calls you by name. And then Jesus, number three, he changes you for the better. How many of you know that God loves us so much that he doesn't leave us the way we are? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us. Therefore, he changes us to become more and more like Jesus. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. To be a disciple of Jesus is to have a personal relationship with him. That's what this journey is all about. Someone say relationship. It's all about relationship. We were made for relationship. Can I invite you to just raise your hands if you're watching online, unless you're driving a car, don't raise your hands. But if you're watching online and all throughout the auditorium, would you allow me to pray this prayer over us? Father, we thank you. Thank you that you see us, you call us by name, and you continue to work in our lives. You're changing us from glory to glory. You're helping us. Father, for those of us who are down, discouraged, maybe even depressed today, God, I thank you that you're, you're the one that comes to encourage us. You're the God that comes to lift us up. You're the God that comes to bring wind into our sails that we might get going, moving forward into the purposes that you have for us. Father, I thank you that even today you invite each and every one of us into that place of relationship with you. We let go and we let God. We trust you, God. Even when things don't make sense around us, we trust you that you are God and that you're in control. So we're not going to worry about those things that are beyond us. We're going to trust your sovereignty and your perfect will. God, I pray a blessing over your people today. That today we would be encouraged in our faith, knowing God that you see us and that you care about us. And you know us by name. I pray even now, Father, those that are bombarded with discouragement, I pray that you would remove discouragement and that you would instill hope and faith into each heart. May your people be encouraged today. May your people be strengthened today. May we be reminded, God, that we've been invited into this place of relationship with you. Thank you, God, for new beginnings. You can bring your hands down and as we do every service. If you've been distant from God, Today is your moment to get right with God. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. I'm going to invite all of us to pray, repeat after me. It could be a prayer of either first time or a rededication. Maybe you've never made it official where you gave God permission to be the Lord of your life. Or maybe you did at some point, but you've drifted and you recognize, man, I've been distant from him. I need him to take the wheel of my life. Maybe that's your story. Either way, God's going to hear our prayers. Would you repeat this prayer with me? Would you say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming after me. Today, I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Take the wheel. I repent of my sins and my selfish ways. I fully surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Hey, if you said that prayer today, congratulations.
You're stepping into your new, new. Come on, somebody. Grab one of these cards. Come to the Connection Center. We'd love to give you a gift and let you know how important you are to us. We'll have one of our team leaders follow up with you and help you take your next steps. Pastor Elena, would you come? We love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.